Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I hope you're doing well and I hope you're creating some amazing content today. But before we start, I want to introduce our guest, Michelle. How are you doing today? Zach, doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. It's great to have you here. Uh, I don't want to talk about what you're doing before you. So can you introduce yourself to the audience and what kind of content you create? Absolutely. I'm a job search strategist and interview coach, and I help people find their dream jobs. So if there's a place that they want to go work, then I basically give them all the strategies and techniques based on where they want to go work, and I help them land that dream job. Um, I, the type of content I have mostly created in the past has been paid content. I have a website, and you can go there and get on-demand training. It's all self-paced. It's fantastic. Um, and so I have courses on how to create a resume, um, how to create an impactful LinkedIn profile, whether that's as a job seeker or as a business owner, um, interview techniques from my experience as a recruiter and how to get to the next level um, through all the training that I've had, and then also how to create an impactful job search strategy through decade over a decade of, of training and coaching. So that's how I've created content in the past. And then I've also created inspirational content on LinkedIn that's a bit more, as I would say, passive. That's awesome. Uh, and which platform are you mostly focused on now? Sure, absolutely. So in the past, it's been LinkedIn, but it's just not even been a nurture. It's been more passive because I am quite busy um, on the coaching aspect and I've been creating so much paid content. Um, but more recently, I've been focusing on Instagram and I did my first TikTok yesterday. Um, and then I'm also focusing on creating a podcast and YouTube channel for this fall. So in the future, probably Instagram. I have a lot of fun with that. That's awesome. And I think you mentioned before the call that uh, you're trying to switch or move to uh, kind of like free content. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that and why did why that switch happened? Sure. So I've been coaching and having an online on-demand business for five years, and it's been incredibly rewarding. I've taken all of the feedback I've gotten and created these amazing new courses, and several of them are in beta, and they're all going live this fall. So because of that, uh, I, I know that I have to get in front of my audience more. I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but for the people that uh, do like my content and want to absorb it, I know that I have a lot of amazing free content that I can give to the world and you can always be creating content. So it, I, I would say 80% of my focus will be creating new content now versus nurturing the older content that I have. Um, so it, it's interesting to kind of make that switch. And it's also a little bit scary, right? Because it's, it's, uncharted territory. Sitting in a filming studio with a, you know, a script and an outline is a lot different than like, I'm not going to be the TikTok dancer, but it's a lot different than mm -hmm. creating those, you know, those seven snap clips on uh, seven second snap clips on Instagram. Um, so it's, it's a little bit uncomfortable, but also exciting, right? To try something new. So I'm really motivated. To, yeah. To having interviewed a lot of TikTokers on the podcast and offline, I can tell you like now TikTok is more about the non-dancing stuff than the dancing stuff. So now it's like the perfect time to jump in with some fresh ideas and different type of content and a bit of dancing like doesn't hurt. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Might be my car. I've heard they, that they favor videos of people in their cars. So maybe I yeah, can maybe that. do that when I'm bored in my car. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
So, uh, Michelle, I want to ask you more about like the the content itself that you create, uh, whether for your clients or the one you create for your own brand. Uh, can you walk us through the process that you go through? Sure, to create content. Yep. So, so for paid content, um, generally what I do is I block my schedule. I work with a filming company here in Dubai, and I give them basically a set and an outline of things that I want to go over. Um, from there, they work on the lighting, my set. I send them photos and colors and everything ahead of time, um, any intros and outros. So all of that stuff's prepped. So when I go in, I am ready to start. And I like to film. <laughs> I'll film for eight hours straight. Wow. So I can film. Yeah. So um, when I go in there, you know, it's not cheap to film. But I have found that it's the best way to just, just get it done um, and pay an editor to fix things. So that's been really, really rewarding as far as, you know, as far as the schedule. When it comes to my content on Instagram and LinkedIn, so anything that's in my feed is planned. So I usually block my schedule based on the content that I'm creating. So for LinkedIn, I usually create it once or twice a month. And then for Instagram, I usually block two or three mornings that are like just a few hours. Um, and I'm kind of weird. I color block my schedule so I can see like, am I missing something? Mm -hmm. Is this a good variety? Is this a healthy balance? Um, and when I create uh, my content, I am really focused on using a mic and usually lighting and some of those things which I know aren't necessarily needed, but I like to focus on them. And then I've been um, sending some of my content if it needs editing to my virtual assistant. So that's been really helpful is learning to just outsource some of that stuff. So that's kind of how I come up with my, as far as my scheduling. And then to create my content, it depends on what I, where I'm at in my, in my marketing runway. So if I'm going to be doing a nine week or 12 week launch, then I create my content based on how that's going to benefit the audience that's going to be taking on that content. So with job seekers, it's a very cyclical business. So it gets very busy in the fall. It gets slammed in the new year. Mm -hmm. It slows down in spring. And that's when it picks up for like college graduates. So it has this very cyclical motion to it. It's a seasonal so process. Tried, yeah. yeah, very seasonal. So I try to create content um, that benefits the users of my products. Awesome. And things and I'm passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, especially when we want to create content and we're, we're having a process and a, and, a, and a system for it. It makes things so much easier and more efficient. But uh, can you walk Very us much. back in, in, in like five years ago? Uh, how did that look for you? Did you start with a team or with an agency to do the work? Because uh, some people might listen to this and they, they want to do something similar to what you're doing or they want to get inspired. But the question comes to mind, like, how did you actually start from day one? Yeah. So for me, I, um, <laughs> I just decided one day I was going to start a business and I put my son into daycare and my husband came home and I said, I'm starting a business and I want to coach people and, and show them how to find jobs, but I want to create online courses to do so. And he's like, okay, great. So I knew that I didn't know anything about recording videos. I knew that I didn't have a huge budget to, you know, just go and buy a bunch of recording equipment or any of that. So I started with my cell phone, a ring light, and I paid for a coach. And I and this was like five years ago, yeah. 
this was in fall of 2016. Okay. And uh, yeah, and I and I needed to like learn how to who was my niche, who was my audience. So I enrolled in a course with Shalene Johnson. It's called the Marketing Impact Academy. It was fantastic. It gave me all those pieces that I needed to feel confident in what I was recording, the content I was creating, and how to create a website. So once I kind of had my feet wet, I did invest in Kajabi which is an online platform that helps, um, you know, facilitate a training website. It's grown. It's, it's amazing the things that the platform does now. So what I would say is for anybody that's starting out is you don't know if you're going to enjoy the content you're going to be creating. You don't know your niche until you know them. So take the least amount of investment. So, you know, cheap lighting, a -hmm. decent camera, a good mic and start with that. The other thing I would say is that outsource the stuff you don't like and that you put off doing. So um, I think that's my biggest regret up front is I did not outsource more things earlier. That could be like very small, like, you know, a $10 project on Fiverr or a outsourcing it to a virtual assistant. So I was like, just I want to ask you about this point because I think a lot of creators struggle with this. Uh, when when you were hesitating to kind of like outsource, was was it like because of a mindset issue or was it a budget issue? And I think sometimes it can be both. Yeah. So for me, it was more of a mindset issue because I I needed to have my hands in it. It was mine. It's my yeah, the creative I'm process. I want to control it. Yeah. yeah I, Oh, I got to control every piece of it. I'm a, perf- I'm a recovering perfectionist. My name's Michelle and I'm a recovering <laughs> perfectionist. It's taken a lot of, um, I guess you could say, uh, micro habits to get me to the point where I go, you know, this doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, just I think it. getting over, yeah, getting over that mindset, right? Shifting that mindset to why am I going to do something that's a few dollar an hour job when I can pay somebody who's really good at doing that, that does it all day, every day is going to turn it around faster. And if I'm creating $2, $5 projects and content, I'm not really serving the people and the reason why I wanted to do this. So once I was able to kind of shift that mindset, really taking that investment, and you you can get a virtual assistant for 10 hours a week, a month, um, and it doesn't have to be super expensive. So get your toe in the water, try it out, see where you can kind of streamline your processes. Um, Google Docs is great because you can, I love waking up in the morning Mm -hmm. and having stuff that was worked on the night before. Like that's the best thing ever because it's kind of always turning your business forward. So I would say good mic, really good mic. All you need is internet, a cell phone and a good, and good lighting, I think to start Um, and really get an understanding of what your audience needs before you just dive right in and make a huge, huge investment. I want to dive deeper in, into this. Uh, and, and I think there's a lot of things to unpack from it, especially this, this point for you to change like the mindset. Was there something that happened before, like reading a book, a conversation with a friend or something you saw, maybe personal things that helped you say, because we don't change just like that. Something happened that made you realize that, you know what, like I'm, I want to create content and focus on my clients and the actual content itself. And let me outsource this stuff to make it easier. What was that shift like? Several things. So, um, the school of greatness by Lewis house, fantastic Mm, book that really inspired me to become an entrepreneur. And I actually got to meet Lewis house, um, last fall. And I got to like share that with him, like, 
the reason why I started my business was because of you. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I think that's what made me start to get a business. What kind of shifted my mindset, obviously, is investing in coaching. That's been the biggest thing for me because we're, you know, as a professional, I went to college, I learned something, I crafted it, but a lot of people don't continue to invest in themselves and the things that they want to learn um, or to really truly work on themselves. So I, um, I've had on my list, so I went to see uh, Shalene Johnson live, which was the coach I paid for initially in the Marketing Impact Academy. And she had this woman, uh, Tiffany Lee Bymaster, and she had a, a course called Lights, Camera, Branding. And I took it because it got to teach me how to work on my lighting, work on my cameras, look at my angles. So all of these things I've done over time have really kind of built up the foundational pieces of why I do what I want to do and um, or maybe, maybe, maybe change my mindset. And she said, I have this really great coach. I'm in this mastermind with James Wedmore. And I'm like, you know, Google, got to look him up. And I'm like, I'm going to add him to my vision board. Life happens. <laughs> I move. I have kids you know, working really hard on coaching. I do one-on-one coaching as well. And um, there was just something different about this past year after COVID, right? Mm -hmm. It's going into 2021. And I'm like, you know what? I'm putting him back on my vision board. So last June, I joined Business by Design with James Wedmore. I knew full well, kids were going to be home for the summer. I wouldn't have time. I really gave myself permission to like lean into it more in the fall. And when I did, it was forever life-changing. Um, so it gets me kind of emotional, right? Because you you don't know what you have to let go of um, until you know what you want to make room for. Yep. And for me, that was the biggest thing is like I was blowing and going. I was My company grew 576% in a year. Uh, it grew 276% the year after that. Like it grew a lot. And I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. I was spending four or five hours a day just approving edits from writers for people to market themselves. I'm like, this is not what I want to be doing. I want to be creating amazing content, helping people, making an impact, and this isn't where I'm going to do it. So I let go of the writing side of my business. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I wasn't in the right headspace from having a coach. And so that was the biggest shift for me. Um, I did outsource things, but I was paying a lot for them. So that was when it shifted to, I need to get a virtual assistant. That's really going to help me do all the things I don't like to do. And that's when I started waking up, getting excited again about all the things that I get to do that I really enjoy. So that's where it kind of changed. It's been, a, it's kind of grown over time, right? Because we evolve and we change. Um, as entrepreneurs and as content Yeah, creators. absolutely. It, it takes a lot of time to realize this, these things too, because you need the experience of it, right? And uh, sometimes we don't realize that there are a lot of things that we can outsource or like streamline that are actually holding us back. And in your case was the writing one, right? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. Michelle, I want to move on to asking you about the content creation part. Can you tell us a bit about the tools and the software that you use to create content? And yeah. uh, have you been familiar with those tools before or did you have to take a course or learn about them? Sure, absolutely. So I think for me, I th think the first thing I learned was iMovie. Like how do mm -hmm. I edit my own stuff? And now I'm like, how do I just record a video so I can send it off, right? So for technologies, I think the biggest thing for me right off the bat was I knew I wanted to invest in Kajabi. Uh, Kajabi is an online, um, 
I guess, platform, a resource. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, platform. It's, it's like a, a hosting uh, website for courses, but also now marketing and a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely. So when I first started, it was basically you could have online courses. Now you can you can coach, you can schedule one-on-one coaching, you can sell coaching, you have on-demand courses, you can do and post your podcast there, blogging, um, you can manage your email list, you can embed widgets to do pretty much anything you want it to do, and you can create a community and even do all of your scheduling to talk for live events or for one-on-one coaching. So it's it's really evolved over time. Um, I didn't have any experience with uploading videos or changing any of that content. So they have a really good resource and they trained me on how to do everything. So that was nice and it was on demand. So I could see what I needed, learn about it and post. So I think it took me maybe two weeks to like post my course. So it was pretty incredible how quickly they have what's called Kajabi heroes. After you make your first thousand dollars, you become a Kajabi hero. And I'm like, I want that t-shirt that says Kajabi (laughs) hero. It's amazing how that competitiveness, right? Gets into us. So I think that that was, you know, online resource or tool that I needed to use. I think that the next thing would have to be um, outsourcing to Fiverr and really understanding how to share and envision like what I wanted uh, somebody to create content or to create um, imagery for me. I've learned Canva. That has been a lifesaver. Um, first, it was just images. Now, you know, I've purchased packages that I can just embed my branding colors and post. It's a lot faster. Um, and I think Monday.com has been the other one that's really helped me. And it's easy to learn. Um, how to create proper processes. So I'm not recreating the wheel. I'm not retraining employees. Uh, I know when things are done, I'm notified and it kind of, you know, kicks the can forward. So those were the, those are the top, you know, I guess resources or technologies that have been the most effective or the most used for me. Um, and learning them has been quite easy, actually. Yeah, it's getting easier and easier. And uh, I love Canva as well, because I come from a background of graphic design. Mm-hmm. And I say this a lot as a professional, when it comes to design, I I don't really use Photoshop or Illustrator anymore. I just go to Canva because yeah. it's about streamlining the process, not about what what do you know and uh, and how to do it. Absolutely. And that's not, you know, that's not where you are. That's, that's not where you want to be. If you were, you know, a full-time graphic artist, then yeah, that makes sense. But this is very easy plug and play, right? I love Canva. Absolutely. And, and now you can schedule your post. I know LinkedIn, Instagram, you can share your content. It's pretty cool. It's, it's definitely evolving. Yeah, absolutely. Which one of these, uh, like tools had the most impact on your business? Kajabi. Uh, I, I, I would guess so, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think I made my first thousand, um, within two or three months. Um, you know, for me it was because I didn't know, I didn't ask an audience ahead of time. I didn't do beta testing. I I went all in. Um, Mm -hmm. so that was the, the biggest changer for me because as my business has grown and scaled, I haven't had to change anything. So if you use a lot of these free sites, then you have to, change it, re-upload it. Like if you decide, if you go, oh, I'm going to do Kajabi in two, three years when I make X amount of money, you, all those processes and all those things you've put in place since then, it's like recreating the wheel. Like I want to get on one wheel. I want to do it right the first time. So I don't have to recreate it. So I think Kajabi has been the biggest impact for me, Um, not just financially, but saving time and being efficient for sure. 
it's all it's all it's always going back to this idea of streamlining the process and whenever you can find a way to do it it's it gives you a room ahead to grow faster um the next question i have for you which is really interesting it's about um when it comes to creating content and branding since you do it for the job seekers mm -hmm. which part of the branding you think is really impactful for your audience your clients or anybody starting content is it like let's say the the name that you choose for yourself the graphics or can you can you walk us through the branding aspect sure absolutely well i think if you are starting a business having a brand is very important now whether you choose to name it after yourself or after your product it really just depends on what your long-term goal is now the biggest and i think the best advice i ever got um, when i took the marketing impact academy was shalene said you are going to evolve and you're change you're going to change your audience is going to evolve and change and their needs are going to evolve and change so what they need now and what they're going to need two years from now is going to change but what's not going to change is your name well unless you get you know remarried or divorced mm -hmm. or anything so <laughs> by branding yourself with your name um it allows you to kind of evolve with your audience now give a take with my business like some people do really well with branding like i i just purchased a website talent rival i might take all of my content literally mirror it onto talent rival and i'd be curious to find out if it's going to do better because it's mm -hmm. you know branded with the name talent mm -hmm versus as me right and i can you know have other people create training um so it, it depends on what the long-term goal is of an entrepreneur and sometimes you don't know what that is and i think that that's the biggest thing is like you know with your podcast you can change your name at any time just don't let that Absolutely. stop you from starting start something create it when you can afford it buy your, i just was able to buy my name it was expensive right so i've always branded, wow. i've always branded myself as Michelle Ross and my name and my title has always been Michelle. Ross. I guess there are a lot of them, right? <laughs> right. But my, my website forever was Michelle Ross online.com. And I'm like, Oh, I just want to buy my yeah. name. Um, and now I want to buy Michelle with two L's Ross.com. She won't sell mm -hmm. to me, but these are the goals and things <laughs> you want to do. Right. So I think it just depends on the type of content you're creating and what your long-term goal is. If it's just to create something in a product that is a lifetime product then obviously if it's an app or something like that then you want to have a, a name for it or branding and and really um easy to uh how do i put this understand so like a universal language a bathroom sign you know when you see a bathroom it doesn't matter where you are in the world you know where a toilet is right so here we call them toilets in dubai but mm -hmm you know where an airport is based on the imagery right so same thing if you're creating a logo something that is universal that when somebody sees it again it kind of triggers that response just like a linkedin or a meta um, you know what it is right off the bat so if you're going to brand your organization it needs to be something that's memorable for sure and and going back to this branding idea like sometimes you can also have a brand within a brand i mm -hmm. know some people who are very successful with this so they have their name as the big brand, but then whenever they launch a product, it's a new kind of like a new brand, like mm -hmm. let's say videomarketing.com or that's not going to be available, but I mean, <laughs> you know, those, those kind of like small brands that you can create for yourself. So don't limit, yeah, I, I love exactly what you said. Don't limit yourself by thinking, you know, 
what kind of brand I'm going to have or is going to be my name or business name. Start with whatever you think of now and the natural evolution of things will tell you what to do next. Absolutely. Your audience always tells you what they want and what they need, for sure. Exactly. Uh, I want to go back to LinkedIn, uh, if that's okay. <laughs> uh, can you tell us a bit about the branding on LinkedIn and how do you help your clients like in terms of getting more LinkedIn reach and, and exposure? Because LinkedIn is a different beast from, let's say, Facebook or Instagram. Absolutely. So with LinkedIn, I think one of the most important things to keep in mind is that um, 97% of key decision makers, mm -hmm. sorry, my dog's with me on my lap. He's, he's growling yeah, no and barking worries. at somebody. I apologize. He's excited about LinkedIn. He's as I so am. <laughs> excited about LinkedIn. Or maybe he's not. Maybe that's why he's growling. He hears about it all the time. <laughs> so I would say with LinkedIn, 90% of key decision makers are nosy and they're going to go look at your LinkedIn profile if you're looking for a job. The same thing goes, Zach, if I'm going to go into business with somebody or pay them money to do a service, I'm going to be nosy. I want to see what they're doing on LinkedIn. I want to see what the reviews are. So it doesn't matter if you're a job seeker or if you own a business, it's kind of the same as far as what the impact is. You know, LinkedIn's coming a long way as far as exposure and, and how to get really good organic reach. The biggest thing that I would say is that people don't realize how important a photo is. It says a thousand words very quickly. Uh, what your strategic video is, you know, in your, you can put a, a 30 second promo video on top of your image. So your, your, uh, your face turns kind of like it has a circle. And you can even uh, do audio as well. Like if you yeah. just want audio. Yep. You can do audio as well. Um, and all of those things allow people to just kind of see, see you, right. Or hear you and have a different experience. The other thing is I don't think people use their LinkedIn banner. That's the, the top, very top portion where you can create imagery. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't, don't tell you what they want to be known for, whether it's your brand or the impact you make or how to create credibility quickly or a call to action, you can go to Fiverr and for, for, I don't know, $5, you can create some really great LinkedIn banners to market yourself. Um, the top folds really, you know, your intro, your name, and then a lot of people don't use that top fold correctly mm -hmm. to really tell people what they want to be known for, but that's also part of the searching capabilities. So on the back end of LinkedIn, there's something called LinkedIn Recruiter. You can get a LinkedIn light or LinkedIn recruiter seat, and it allows recruiters to search for candidates. And one of the most keyword rich areas that they search for is just that intro in that top fold. So a lot of people say like helping people find their dream jobs. That will not be my title. Mine will be like resume writing, job search coach, because that's what people actually search for. So just like what you would search for on Google, that's what you want to search for um, and include as your like your keywords on your top mm -hmm. fold area of LinkedIn. And have you seen- As I'm looking you, now at LinkedIn, yeah. is, is, sorry, is that the section where it says like services and stuff like that? It's like a small banner beneath no. your name, right? No, That's it's, the it's, one? It, it's right below oh. your name, but before the providing services. It's the in between. Ah, okay, I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah in between, yeah. Yeah, you're allowed, I think it's like 100 characters, 150 characters, mm -hmm. and you can make it nice and easy by like um, using consistent, a consistent symbol to separate so it makes it quick for easy people to read. Uh, people will look at your profile for six seconds and they'll say yes or no. So that's all they're really going to get to. But the really cool new feature, I don't know if you've seen it, is the call to action on LinkedIn. 
So uh, is that something that um, underneath the banner or? Yeah. So underneath the I'm banner. I'm not sure if I've if, seen it. If you go to, I don't know, if you go to mine, I haven't looked at it lately. It's LinkedIn.com. Yeah, okay. I can Ross share Michelle. mine now. can do a small, <laughs> small, yeah. uh, you know, review session. Yeah, uh, let's do it. I, I, I've, been, I've been, yeah. Okay. So this is my LinkedIn now. Okay. One second. So is it the one beneath? It's still I loading in my end. If you can see. Okay. It's right below your name. So like basically like whatever you put mm -hmm. in for like your title, that's going to be where it is. Let me look. It's not pulling up. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So founder and CEO at content creator at life. So mm -hmm. right under that, that area, founder and CEO at content creator life, um, copyright agency, mm -hmm. that is the searchable area. So you can do, oh, okay, so that was where you would want to put like pod. I would put like, um, podcast host, right? Podcast, okay. like something that yeah, has, right there. Oh, okay. mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so the content creator life, you see that where you have the website there and it's pointing you out. That is a website, yeah. right? So what they've done is they've updated that. So if you actually go on your pencil and you go to mm -hmm. change this, you can create a call to action. So apply to be on my podcast, right? So when you go all the way down, yeah. So right here where it says uh, link text. Link text, yeah. Yeah, where, you scroll all the uh, way down when you go into the editing where it said website. Okay, link text, yeah, that's it. Yeah, this one. Customize yeah. how your link will appear. Mm -hmm. So you could okay. just literally write a call to action there. So if you're looking to interview, uh, okay. like check out the, this podcast or okay. oh, right or or, or sign get on, up to a mm -hmm. newsletter. Get on my wait list okay. for my next course. I'm looking for beta testers. Register here. And you can use symbols in there as well, right? So you could do a rocket ship or you could put, you know, a mm -hmm. microphone. So that call to action is huge. Whether you're offering a service, you're looking to interview more people, uh, that's a really good uh, new resource. And then you have providing services on here, which is fantastic. But you could also yeah, put... I learned that from a friend of mine, by the way. Because honestly, like I've been off LinkedIn for a while. Yeah. I was never a fan of it, like, because I had like a background in, you know, working with clients uh, with, with email and all this stuff. So I never, I was never the type of like, and also I have a YouTube channel for tech. So I was never the type that looks for jobs. So yeah. LinkedIn was always like, kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, I just have a profile there. But now I think uh, I want to go back into, you know, uh, growing it. So thanks for the, the tips. Absolutely. And the other yeah, thing just you learning can do. As well. Yeah, the, absolutely. The yeah. other thing that you could do is you could also um, for you could say open to you can create a new one. So right now you have services, mm -hmm. but you could do open to work and you could actually put that you mm. would do like you're an interviewer or that you're an, an MC or a host or like whatever it is that if you okay. would want to be paid. Like for me, I'm a speaker, right? So people will pay me to go speak and educate at events. One of my so favorite can we, things. Can we to check do. your your profile? Sure, I yes, haven't updated okay. it in a All long right. time, but. Notice, yeah, when, no worries. <laughs> notice when okay, you when you go. post my name that my name isn't just mm -hmm. Michelle Ross. It's comma job search coach. Yeah. So oh, I'm, okay. I'm tricking the algorithm there a little bit. I see. Bit. Nice. Yeah. So for me, it would be like host of content creator or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. So okay. this is this has been. I haven't touched or changed anything on my. Um, LinkedIn profile in probably 18 months besides creating a mm -hmm. small little intro video and also my call to action. I'm, I'm not as, I'm not that active, um, but I get a ton of views, Same. a ton of views. So that means that you're, you, you know, you're, you're entering in the right keywords, whether it's in your profile or in your about section. 
um, it's very important. And then the biggest feature, I don't know if you are aware that's coming very soon, hopefully it gets approved, is LinkedIn audio. So it's very much like really? Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, they oh, so now everybody's, I see, now everybody's yeah. getting into the audio war. It's like Twitter spaces and now LinkedIn. Yeah, interesting. Absolutely. So what you'll see is it's been in beta testing since January. And it's actually, if you go into creator mode, I believe in the U.S. right now, if you are U.S. in the U.S., it, you can get mm -hmm. access to LinkedIn audio. Or you can even, you know, maybe one of the things you do take from this today is you go and you search LinkedIn audio events and you go and you get on an event, you play with it, you see if you like it. And, you know, you can create events, they're recorded, people can comment, they can chime in. So it's very similar to Clubhouse. Um, and you can invite up to a thousand people on a call. So it's going to be really interesting. Uh, there's a lot of people in the U.S. that are doing like weekly calls, kind of like what they would host on on Clubhouse. Um, they haven't mm -hmm. extended it internationally yet. But man, like I am, I I, I literally was putting my kid to bed the other day, and they're like, "Do you want to do you want to test out the new LinkedIn audio? Jump yes, on this please. call." And I was like, you know, headphones in, mic off, kid in bed, lights off, just like, what can I learn from this? So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing how quickly, you know, different, you know, apps are changing and social media is, is, is adapting to, you know, what we're trying to consume. And it can be like one of the best ways to kind of get your name out there. Like I had the personal experience with uh, my tech, uh, you know, side. So I'm a poly worker. So I yeah. have the content creator side and the tech side. And I, I've been on like a, a lot of Twitter spaces talking about tech, like the new MacBook, what Apple is doing, Google and stuff like that. And after maybe four or five, I was uh, I was invited to a big one with big creators, and it was like, wow! Like just getting your name out there, people start to they start to know you. It's, it's, it's branding; it's part of the branding process. Absolutely, really and that's exciting. and that's how we connected was on Polywork. I think it's it's yeah, oh, it's incredible, right? Like I connect. I, I can't tell you. Like actually, I'm thinking of writing a blog post and making a video about what happened to me with with Polywork. It's it's insane. Like I, I'm getting like a hundred requests a day, which is crazy. And like, and most of most of the people I, I get to like be guests on the podcast, they they do an incredible job. They're they're really you know amazing creators, and it's been like wow, like whatever I wanted to do with LinkedIn, it it's kind of happening naturally for me on Polywork, and it's just incredible. Absolutely, I actually talked about Polywork, and in I was in a two day for me it was overnight a two day training with my coach James, and there were probably 150 people on the call, and um, the, you know they were like you know any suggestions on how to get on more interviews for podcasts? And I was like, go to Polywork. Poly they're work. like, what is that? I'm like, just Google yeah. it. They're like, don't worry about it. Write it down. Look it up later. Right? That's how you know. That's, <laughs> that's how you know you're early on in something when people ask you, "What is that?" What is that? <laughs> that's what Google's for. So right? awesome. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, Michelle, I want to ask you about uh, the biggest failure and success you had you had in life, or could be related to content creation or business. And what did you learn from that? Okay, so my biggest failure um, would have to say, if it's in regards to my business um, as a coach, would be that I created my course before I sold it. Like, I, if I could go back, I would have sold my course and tested my audience to make sure that that's what they wanted. So usually what they want and what they need is different. So they'll be like, oh, I need to learn how to interview 
But what they really need is they're not getting interviews because their resume sucks and their LinkedIn is terrible. So they're not even going to get to the interview stage, right? But yep. it doesn't matter if I if I create a course on LinkedIn, that's not what they think that they need, right? So I think that was my biggest learning. And that's why it took me a while to get to that $1,000 mark with a new course, right? So I would say that that would be my biggest failure. Just And I know it sounds small, but it, I think one of the things you'll learn, and I, I wrote down a quote for you is, from every failure, nothing's really a failure. Um, my coach always says it's either you got the results you wanted or expected, or you got the lesson that you needed to learn. And so that's how I kind of think of it. Nothing's really a failure, but really what we learned from it. My biggest success, I think, was just how quickly my business grew. So the job market here kind of crashed in fall of 2019. And I got on with some mom groups and it just exploded. Mm -hmm. Like that was a really big. Um, but I, my true like felt like I made it moment was when I was getting requested to like present for the State Department. Um, that wow. was a huge deal. And then um, I got asked to present and do a full day training for Dubai Business Associates, which is run by his, the patronage of His Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid mm -hmm. Al Maktoum. He's the um, prime minister of the UAE and the wow. um, ruler of Dubai. And he invests money in about 20 to 25 fresh graduates. He brings them in as associates into his businesses and teaches them um, how to really make an impact in the region, how to get jobs. And I got to teach them how to write their resumes, how to do their LinkedIn profiles, how to prep for assessment centers with the big five. Like it was incredible. And that was when I was like, I'm right where I need to be. Like that's, that was like my biggest success. It's not a financial impact. It's those calls when somebody says, I just got that job. I, I've been trying to get a TikTok for three years. I worked with you for four <laughs> weeks and I got that job in the TikTok. The goosebumps, that's, those are my happiest moments and my biggest successes, I would have to say. That's yeah. awesome. It makes, uh, it, it makes creating more content exciting and also fulfilling. I want to go back to that like small failure that you had yeah. about uh, launching launching a course and then realizing that people don't need that or the audience is different. Um, how do you go about doing it after learning from that experience in terms of creating a course? Yeah, so um, essentially it's just a different launch process. So if I want to know what my few things, so with all of my one-on-one -on -one coaching and with my group coaching, I have somebody that takes notes on pretty much all the questions that are asked. And from that, we've been able to put it in and see what are the most common keywords that people look for. And so that was the biggest thing is like, what is a constant thing? And like one of them was, yeah, it's great that you wanna teach me how to create LinkedIn. I don't know how to do the messages. Like what mm -hmm. are the, can you just send me templates? Like, I just want templates, like, right? Like the things that you would think somebody wants or needs is exactly what they want or need. So I think it's just having yeah. a keen interest in learning and listening, um, but also asking. So I'll ask my audience, like, you know, um, do you want to learn about a new platform for finding jobs? Or would you rather know three ways that work really successfully? And like, depending on what they say will be how I create my content. But I'll also run some beta tests. So I'll be like, listen, I need some beta testers. I have some really awesome training I want to show you guys. But I want to know what really resonates for you and what doesn't. What's useful, what's not. Um, or 
um, you sell it before you actually make it. So you do a really good landing okay. page, a really good sales page, really good imagery. And like a funnel, right? A funnel. Yeah. But yeah. And you, yeah. and you market it, you know, put a little ad spend on it and market it in different platforms and say like, you know, I'm launching this program. Um, if it's July, right. I'm going to launch this August 1st and you're going to get access every week to your one hour course. Right. See if it sells. If it doesn't sell, is it timing? Is it your audience? Are you not, you not nailed mm -hmm. in on your niche? And then you revise it. Like you're not like, and people always say like, oh, like what, you know, what if one person buys it and then I have to create it, right? Like you can <laughs> rerun it and rebrand it in different ways until it clicks. Keep the name, but what you provide and until you make that really irresistible offer and you sell it before you make it. And that's what I love about my coaches. He has like, 12 different ways you can launch your program. So if you need money right now, what is a quick thing you can do to launch? Like I have this, these four new courses, right? I could launch one and whichever one hits, it's going evergreen. That's it. It's going evergreen and it will go. Is there, it, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Is, is there a number that you think of, especially in your case or with your clients about uh, when you can actually start creating the course, like 50 signups, a hundred, a thousand or or yeah. it depends on the financial goals as well. Yeah, I think it's, for me, it really depends on the financial goals. So my coaching, if you work with me, is about $1,500 to $3,000 per person. Now, I do group coaching with also with access to my course. It's anywhere from $500 to like $1,000. And so for me to like hit a number where if I got to go, if I'm going to go legit film or if I'm going to go do things, I have to make anywhere from about two to $3,000 just to like, break even. So if that's mm -hmm. the case, if I'm baiting beta doing a beta, let's say, I just want to see if it hits. You could even beta and sell before you you make it. And if it hits and it pops at that that certain amount, then you know that you can scale and launch it later. So if I do a beta for a course at let's say $197 and it hits, mm -hmm. then I'll record it. I'll do it. Even if it's I only make two or three thousand dollars because I know that I will be able to make that offer really irresistible for other people and I can scale it to a thousand dollar course. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because then when you launch the course, you know, people will actually, you know, take value from it and, and really enjoy it instead of like, you know, leaving it to the guests uh, of like, Oh, uh, I'm launching a course, but let's see what people are going to say about it. You already have, uh, expectation of what people will like and not like about it before even starting. So it makes more sense that way. Absolutely. And I always bounce ideas. So I'm always asking people, um, you know, what are you struggling with? What do you want to know more of? What's the most impactful interview question somebody's asked you? And when I get crickets, I'm like, oh, so nobody's <laughs> ever asked an impactful interview question. Interesting. Nothing is memorable to hiring managers. It's exactly what I thought. And this is exactly why people don't get jobs. And that's why it's 0.0001% chance of getting a job, right? And when you look at the odds that way, you're like, holy crap, if I could do just 1%, make myself 1% different from everybody else and stack that deck, I'm doing good. So that's where just when I get crickets, sometimes it's good crickets, right? Because then I know like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, it's not even on the radar. Like I want to train people so that they go... They go on an interview and then they go home and next thing you know, that hiring manager is eating dinner or like brushing their teeth like, man, that was a really good question. 
what is my strategy for next year? How, you know, like, what would I want this person to fix? Could I leverage that? Do I have to do it on my own? And that's the piece of like, you know, you have to ask the right questions. If you don't ask the right questions, you'll never know what to create. Awesome. Uh, we're coming to the end of the show, but I want to ask you uh, one last question. What would be your advice to somebody starting today? Maybe you want to create a course or they want to be a strategist like you and they're scared, they're afraid, you know, all this stuff about starting. Um, what would be your advice or your message? So you're talking to them now directly. Yeah, uh, I would say start. Do something, create a goal, measurable and start leaning into that. What is the time frame? What are those numbers? What do you need to do? If you need to learn something, learn it. Put a budget together. Like literally just start. You are going to adapt as you go. You'll never be perfect. Just create the content. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just create it. And always the best advice I ever got from someone I took training doing exactly what I do is she said, I've never trained somebody to, that's in my field. And, but I'm like, well, what made you decide? She goes, because I'm not everybody's cup of tea and neither are you. And the minute she said that, I was like, you're so right. Like, this is a very big world and you might not be the cup of tea for everybody. And you don't need a huge audience to make a quarter of a million dollars. You need 5,000 followers to make a quarter of a million dollars. So you got to get over the vanity numbers and really just create content that's going to sell. And that's the other thing. Start building your audience. You, you can't sell something if you don't have an audience. So those are, what, five, five suggestions, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> that that was beautifully said. And I think a lot of people will, will really appreciate your advice. And it's very valuable because, like you said, it's just about starting. But sometimes hearing it from other creators who have, you know, uh, made actually the, the first step, it can be very empowering. So Michelle, thank you so much for being here. Before I let you go, can you tell us about your next big projects and where can people find you? Oh yeah, absolutely. So I'm launching my new products or my new, I guess my new products on my website, which is Michelle with one L Ross.com. So MichelleRoss.com. And it's going to be a CV course. It's going to be a LinkedIn course. It's going to be a job search course and an interview course. And they're all on demand. But I am launching a program for women who want to return to the workforce. And it'll start this fall. Um, it will premiere mm -hmm. on October 3rd. And it's going to be all of those courses bundled up online. But I'm going to go live weekly. It's just for women. And I'm going to present, I have some amazing, oh my gosh, goosebumps. I don't know if you can see them. But they've, I've got these amazing, <laughs> yeah. I've got these amazing guests lined up that are going to basically speak about different, con, uh, how to build your confidence, um, a time management, um, how to get clear on what you want in your career. And these are for women that either want to return to work or up-level their skills to go to that job that they've always wanted. So I'm really, really, really excited about that. Our goal is to get 100 to 150 women into the program. It'll be a 10-week live. We'll go on one hour every week. And then they'll have access to use those courses as well whenever they need them on demand. So wherever they are in the job search process. I am ecstatic about it, okay? Um, I'll be putting a, a YouTube uh, channel and um, podcast together combo. I'll be the Michelle Ross Show, shocker. And you can find me on LinkedIn. So linkedin.com backslash Ross Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-E. So Zach, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's a and pleasure. I can't wait to and connect. And we're going to keep all, yeah, absolutely. We're going to keep all your details in the show note. 
So I'm really excited for what you're going to bring in the future. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for watching and see you in the next one.